Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for bringing us safely through another year. As we look forward to a new year, would you guide us through your word, the way we should go, that we may live lives that glorify you. Help me now to preach faithfully by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, how would you summarize the year that was 2020? Uh, it's so difficult to summarize a year when almost everything was turned upside down. Uh, well, ask this question to summarize 2020 in one word. Uh, New Zealand's Prime Minister, Jacinta Ardern, she said this. Actually, she used three words. Hard, extraordinary, unprecedented. Very apt indeed. 2020, over 1.8 million lives lost to COVID. A new wave of mental illness, anxiety, and depression across our world. An unprecedented, an unprecedented number of job losses, bringing great trauma and stress. A rise in relational conflicts, and the sickening reality that is domestic violence. Uh, COVID, of course, has caused great suffering to many people across the world. Many family members have lost loved ones. Our frontline medical staff have been worked into the ground. And the elderly have been even further isolated at home. 2020. And yet in the midst of all that turmoil and tragedy, uh, God has been working good things in our world as well. Uh, God has helped us through COVID-19 to appreciate many of the things that we normally take for granted, like being able to come to church or meeting friends, having a job, attending a birthday party, or even shaking hands. The pandemic has taught us to treasure relationships, real physical relationships, meeting in person with other people. And I think more than that, uh, God has been using COVID-19 to uh, ensure that the gospel has been preached all over the world uh, to those who would never have had the opportunity to hear it. Just think, every church has been forced to invest in technology, and uh, through that technology, uh, many people can now hear the gospel well, more than at any other time in human history. Now, the, house, uh, the housebound can now attend church online. Young mothers can now attend Bible study at night. That's a miracle. Uh, travel for work and holidays means you no longer have to miss church. And the unreached have easy access to the Bible. How would you summarize a year like 2020? Well, we look now forward to 2021. Uh, we long and hope that the rollout of a vaccine will gradually bring us back to a new normal. We don't know what that will look like. And we also look forward and long for hope and renewal in our church. We hope that the deep wounds some of us have experienced this year may begin to heal that broken relationships may be reconciled, that we will grow in faith and love, and we will move forward with a renewed vision to reach the lost. 
Now, as we consider all these things this evening, God's word is here to encourage us to press on, uh, to refocus on the goal that God has for us, that we might strive forward with all our hearts. Let's look at Philippians chapter 3 in the booklets. And point one this evening, strive for the goal of heaven. Strive for the goal of heaven. Paul writes there in verse 12, Not that I have already obtained all this, or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus had made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Well, as uh, Paul looks forward to the future, there's only one thing that has his full attention, uh, and that is Jesus Christ and the resurrection of the dead. He's just said back in verses 10 and 11 that his goal is to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. But Paul realizes he hasn't arrived yet. He hasn't made it. Yes, Jesus has already saved him and made him his own, but he hasn't arrived at his destination. He's not in heaven yet. And so he needs to keep moving forward. He says there in verse 13, One thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now notice there, as, uh, he, as we strain forward, as we press on, we also need to forget what lies behind we must forget our achievements. I think it's easy to look back on all the things that we've done in the past year and think, well, I've arrived. And actually, it doesn't matter uh, how, we, how well we did this year in our Bible reading or in loving other people or how well we did in our ministry. Uh, what matters is not that we have loved and served Jesus Christ in the past, but that we press on in knowing him and serving him uh, in the future. Just imagine like this, if a runner, uh, he got halfway through the race and he stopped and said to the official, look, I've run pretty well so far, give me the price. Doesn't quite work like that, does it? We need to forget what's happened before and keep striving forward, striving to know Christ, striving to trust in what he's done for us, striving to serve him in our lives. We need to forget our achievements. But we must also forget our failures as well. Now, no doubt, as we look back on 2020, there are many things in our past that we are ashamed of. Perhaps a mistake that we wish to erase, something that troubles us at night, something that weighs us down. And perhaps we even worry that uh, we're no longer fit to share in God's kingdom because of our failures this year. No, we must forget what lies behind. We're not right with God by the good things that we do. We're right with God because Jesus died for us and rose again. We must leave our failures behind at the foot of the cross and press on. We forget our achievements. We forget our failures. And we must also forget our disappointments as well. As I said, some of us here tonight carry deep wounds as we come to this service. 
Uh, there are people in our life and perhaps in our church that have treated us woefully with disrespect, with rudeness, with anger, or maybe even malice. But one of the most important Christian qualities is the ability to forgive, to leave hurts in the past and not carry them on into the future. Now, forgiveness does not mean that what was done to us is okay or that it will have no ongoing effect in our lives. But forgiveness is a decision to no longer carry that, that bitterness and that anger and that rage, no matter how justified it may be. So I think back on this year, I'm deeply saddened as I see some of the mistrust and the hurt that some of us bear. I've certainly been praying for reconciliation, been working for reconciliation among you. And it's my deep longing that despite whatever has happened this year, that God would bring us all to a point of forgiveness where we're able to leave behind those hurts and resolve to, to move forward with a renewed respect, love and grace that befits our lives as Christians. Now I know that forgiveness is hard, and I know that reconciliation is costly. But I also know that Jesus Christ died for our sins, as, as one, un, unworthy as we are. He gave his life for his enemies to reconcile us to God. And so we leave behind our achievements, we leave behind our failures, and we leave behind our disappointments too. Let us all make it our goal in 2021 to leave those things behind and press on in knowing Christ, press on towards heaven. Again, Paul says in verse 13, One thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Uh, what is your goal for 2021? What is your New Year's resolution? I uh, look on the internet most of the time. It is to lose weight, uh, to exercise more, to save more money, to learn a new skill. I think my wife would want me to adopt some of those. But here we have uh, our goal. We need to press on in the Christian life. We must press on in trusting in Jesus Christ. We must strive forward to our heavenly goal of being with him. Now notice the language of straining here. Uh, the point is that the Christian life is difficult. Uh, when we face suffering or disappointment in life, there will always be a temptation to give up, to give up on the church or to give up on Jesus. But we must press on. We must strain forward. The prize at the end is worth it. Heaven will be wonderful beyond our wildest imaginations. There, there will be no more suffering. There, there will be no more death. There, no more broken relationships. There will be a place of love and goodness in the presence of God where we see Christ face to face and worship him in all of his glory. This is the perspective that we must have as we carry on into 2021. This is the perspective that we all must 
share. Paul says that, verse 15. Let those of us who are mature think in this way. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have obtained. We must press on with this eternal perspective. And we must do that because there is always a danger that we want, that we'll take our eyes off heaven and that we will instead look back to the world. And so the second point this evening, don't look back to the world. Don't look back to the world. Verse 17, he says, Brothers, join in imitating me. Keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I've often told you, and now tell you even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly. They glory in their shame with their minds set on earthly things. The Apostle Paul laments those who are living earthly lives as enemies of the cross of Christ. Now, it might surprise us. He doesn't particularly have in mind those who are persecuting Christians or uh, false teachers who are maybe teaching that uh, false things about the cross, that Jesus didn't really die to take our punishment on the cross. It was just an example of God's love or something like that. No, Paul has in mind something else here. These enemies of the cross... This terrible threat that brings him to tears. What Paul laments here is those who are living for this world only, who are living earthly lives, people who think that the goal of life is to be happy and prosperous now. Look how he describes them in verse 19. Their God is their belly. They glory in their shame with their minds set on earthly things. This is a warning that we must heed here in Penang, isn't it? Now, we of all people are blessed with the greatest food in Malaysia, if not the world. But we must not allow food and filling our stomachs to dominate our lives. So many people are sucked into this destructive way of life, consumed with desire, living their whole life to fulfill their cravings in the here and now, always thinking about what is the next food that they're going to eat or the next shopping centre they're going to go to to satisfy their latest cravings, blinded by their own uh, desires to the destination that they're headed, destruction away from the presence of God. I want to ask us this evening, are we setting our minds on earthly things? How much of our time and energy this year has been consumed with building our careers, getting good education for our children, uh, comfortable houses to live in, and holidays and hobbies to enjoy? Now, they're all good things, but how much of our time and effort has gone into striving for the things of heaven, knowing God, loving his people, living his way, reaching the lost? Now, as I uh, look around this evening, we have mostly an elderly uh, congregation. Uh, that, in part, reflects the demographics of Penang, I guess. 
But could it also indicate to us this evening that we have lost something of our fervency to reach out with the gospel? Have we allowed ourselves to be a church that is so captured by earthly pursuits that we've forgotten what really matters in life? As we head into a new year, uh, we need to refocus our goal. We need to be striving for Christ and his heavenly kingdom. Uh, We need to be putting evangelism and mission back on the agenda of our church. We need to stop living for our careers and comfort. We need to continue to sacrifice our time and energy to love and serve other people. It's worth reflecting. What is my ultimate dream or passion in life? What is it that I am living for? And if that ambition, that dream, is anything in this world, anything other than Jesus and his heavenly kingdom, then you are the sort of person that Paul weeps for in this passage because our desires, our dreams, everything that you are striving for will one day vanish when this world passes away. One of the biggest hurdles in the Christian life is to take our eyes off the prize and off the end and set it on the earthly things of now. And one of the greatest regrets of the elderly is that they have wasted their lives living for now instead of living for eternity. And one of the greatest tragedies is to end your life possessing the world and losing your soul. Let us not look back to the world. Let us keep our eyes on Jesus Christ Keep our eyes on the prize and keep pressing on. Well, finally, we are to remember our future hope. We are to remember our future hope. One of the best uh, ways to avoid us being allured by the things of this world is to remember how good our future in heaven is. Look at verse 20. He says, Our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly bodies to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him to subject all things off to himself. Now Paul reminds us that we have the greatest citizenship of all, not just citizen of Malaysia. We are citizens of heaven And when Jesus Christ returns, we will receive a glorious resurrection body, just like Jesus' own. Imagine that, no longer a body that is subject to pain and weakness and suffering. Imagine that a body where our dreams are no longer frustrated by aging and decay. Imagine a body where you no longer need to fear viruses and pandemics. That is our future hope. We will be like Jesus Christ, immortal and imperishable. We will live in a renewed creation under the rule of Jesus Christ. It's not foolish to live for heaven now. It's not foolish to deny the things of this world in order to serve God with our lives. Because heaven is real, and that future we are headed to is glorious indeed. With a resurrection at the end, the only logical way to live 
is not to maximize happiness now, but to maximize our lives for the glory of God. Well, I wonder what that will look like for you in 2021. And what will it mean for you to take your eyes off the world and to strive for heaven? Uh, I'll tell you what I am hoping for in 2021. In 2021, I would love to see more people offering themselves for leadership in this church. In 2021, I would love to see one or two men or women commit themselves to a year or two doing an internship in the church, investigating the possibility of full-time ministry. In 2021, I'm praying that there would be more people who offer themselves in service so we're not just sitting in the pews, but we are serving in youth, young adults, the AV ministry, evangelism and mission, men's ministry, women's ministry, and more. I wonder whether you would join me in praying that God would raise up such people next year. And if God is laying it on your heart to serve him in one of those ways, maybe you can come and talk to me uh, later after the service. I think this church has a great potential to be a vibrant gospel witness to the 800,000 plus people who live here in Georgetown. But we will only achieve that if we can keep this eternal perspective in our lives. If we take our eyes uh, off heaven and we just live for earthly things, then we will not achieve it at all. We must strive for the advance of the kingdom. And so let us leave behind the hurts and disappointments of 2020. Let us make it our longing and desire for 2021, not just for an end to COVID and a return to normal life, but may 2021 be a year for us of real spiritual growth as we reach out with the gospel and we learn again to serve him in our lives. Paul ends there in chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. A fresh year is upon us. Let us stand firm in Christ and press on to serve him in his kingdom. Let's pray. Now, Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for the prize of heaven that you have reserved for all who put their faith in Jesus Christ. Help us, Lord, not to be taken by the things of this world. Help us to make it our goal to know Christ and to serve him. Help us to do that as individuals. Help us to do that as a church. Lord, we thank you that when he returns, we will receive glorious resurrection bodies, that all our sacrifices for him in this life will be well and truly worth it when we're gathered around your throne and sing your praises. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.